Welcome to Soul Talks with Bill and Christy Galtier. I'm Christy. And I'm Bill. We're husband and wife. We're also psychotherapists, spiritual directors, and the founders of Soul Shepherding. We're glad you've joined us on Soul Talks as we invite you into our home to share our hearts and our intimacy with Jesus in life, love, and leadership. Christy, our cats are wondering what we're doing. <laughs> having another late night soul talk. <laughs> yeah, we were having a conversation and instead of enough to go get French fries at midnight like we did a few weeks ago, we talked about that on our podcast on process and play. We decided, well, let's just continue the conversation and bring it to our listening audience for Soul Talks. So welcome to our listeners. I was talking with Bill about how much I appreciated recently when we were together in a situation that I had a lot of emotion about. And you, Bill, expressed emotion. And I was realizing what, like I expressed emotion before you did. Right. Yes. You expressed emotion that I was feeling, but... That happens all the time, doesn't it? <laughs> no, <laughs> but more and more. And I was realizing what a gift it was to me because by you expressing that emotion, you were carrying that emotion for me in a way that enabled me to be free to love the people that we were with in a way I wouldn't have been able to if I was carrying all the emotion. And I kind of became conscious of this again, and I, was, I had been wanting to thank you for it. I, I wasn't at the time necessarily conscious of it, although I felt it and it was operating, and I felt mm -hmm. the gift and the freedom that you gave me. But I was talking to a friend this week in a conversation, and she was telling me about her husband and some emotions he was having, and he's not one to have emotions. She has all the emotions in the relationship. And so I was saying, wow, you know, how does this feel for you that you know, he's feeling the emotions and you're just feeling relief and confident and good. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and so I started to teach her about this word called collusion that we learned about in grad school and our family systems therapy courses that family systems psychologists studied. And they found that in family systems, in marriages, in intimate relationships, there's this dynamic that operates and it's called collusion. And it's it goes like this. If you can afford to be feeling brave and confident and full of faith, then I feel like I have to be worried and fearful and hypervigilant because somebody's got to be paying attention to the negative things and the negative emotions and carrying that. And if you're fearful, then I can be brave. Right. It's and a dynamic that works both ways. It's yeah. Not, it's not like A leads to B. It's like, well, B leads to A too. Yeah. Or we see this played out a lot. You know, let's say you're feeling sad and so then I'm not feeling grief or sadness. And so then maybe I start to kind of like give you a pep talk. Mm. Oh, you know, and try to focus you on all the positives because I'm trying to counterbalance out the emotion you're feeling. But it's not really helpful in that instance when I do that. Yeah, that's a negative example of collusion. Mm -hmm. We had this going early in our marriage where you were the one that carried the emotions and the needs. Mm -hmm. You're a youngest child. I'm an oldest child. And so... Mm -hmm. I would listen and help mm -hmm. and give advice too often, and, <laughs> and but I didn't really feel much emotion or oh. uh, sometimes I felt frustrated or yeah. anger type emotions, but not much sadness and not much neediness. You were feeling all of that. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. then that 
that was connecting us, of course, because yeah. there's not going to be bonding of significance in a relationship. There's not going to be emotional connecting unless somebody is vulnerable and has some needs. Yeah. Well, I had plenty of those for, <laughs> for the two of us, but it, it also was a burden and a cost to me to be the one always having the emotion and communicating it. Well, and to me, to be the one who's always responsible, always mm -hmm. helping, always calm, always rational. And so we had to realize what was going on there and that it wasn't your fault for being too emotional and it wasn't my fault for, you know, always being strong and having something to say or do to be helpful. It was like, well, this was a dynamic. Mm -hmm. It was a, a pattern that was unconscious uh, and it's called collusion and it was operating in our relationship and we had to realize what was happening and then work ourselves out of that. And it's been a real gift to me for you to feel your feelings and express your feelings to me. It's been a gift to me because at times it enables me to be the strong one or to feel brave or to feel faith or to feel just a relief from the burden of the emotion. And it's a blessing for me to take that risk of being vulnerable and learning to trust you that know you're safe and you have strength, you have capacity, you're a good listener, you have lots of compassion, of course you have lots of wisdom too, and to let you hold me emotionally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I've increased in my respect for you as you share your emotions. I just feel so much more respect for you, that you would be honest and vulnerable and in touch with that, and you would trust me. Well, and that's such a gift that all of us men really need because it's, uh, I think, more difficult for a man to be emotional and to feel weak and vulnerable and needy because there's just something ingrained in us, whether it's cultural or just part of our biology, but we feel like we need to be strong and rational and we need to be protectors and providers and helpers and all of that. And so when we break down and we're emotional or we're insecure or we're needy, and if the woman in our life is then critical or mm. distancing or rejecting, it can be just really damaging mm -hmm. and really shaming and yeah. feel just like, well, I guess I'm not a man. Mm -hmm. Well, and that shame is really painful because I would feel it when we were stuck in that pattern where I was the one with all the negative emotions and I would feel shame for that. And so that's another gift when you can share with me your negative emotions it helps me to feel like, oh, okay, I guess there's not something wrong with me that I sometimes feel this way too. Or, oh, you know, he's articulating feelings I have, but I haven't shared because I've felt ashamed that I have them. And so it's like you're giving me permission to feel my feelings. Yeah, it was such an ironic surprise because in those early years, I did so much to try to help you not feel ashamed, mm -hmm. right? I mean, yeah. I, I listened, I gave you empathy, mm -hmm. I kept trying harder to be a safe person for you. I affirmed you and encouraged you because mm -hmm. I think so highly of you. And, and of course, those things were helpful to yes. you. But when we got this dynamic changed and we got out of this and then I learned to be vulnerable with you and then you could be caring and strong for me, that really elevated you. It did. And it also taught me how to love more because I would find myself and more grace and for you, too, because I would find myself tempted to cheerlead or tempted to give you a pep talk or tempted to minimize your feelings. The very things that used <laughs> yes. to get so hurt by me when I did those things. Yes, <laughs> and now I understand the temptation because I fall into it when I'm listening to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so in this uh, situation that we had, uh, I was sad and grieving and uh, actually crying. There was, it, was, it was tearful, it was a very emotional 
uh, situation for me. And uh, I expressed that to you. I let the tears come and you were just really there for me and listening and praying for me and holding my hand. And so you're saying that that helped you. It helped me. It helped me to be strong. And I know you well enough to know that you could do that, but not break down. You could do that and remain in the kingdom of God and still love yourself, God, and others well. And so that gave me great confidence, you know, in you that I could be with you, love you, pray for you, but I didn't need to worry or take on a burden of the emotions, or I didn't need to feel worried or anxious about if you were going to break down. And then also, I didn't need to be overwhelmed with my own emotions of that, that I could just let you carry that emotion for the two of us, which helped me to be present and loving to my neighbor who we were with at that time. Yeah. Paul says that uh, before the Lord, when I'm weak, then I'm strong because God's grace is sufficient for me. That's when he's talking about his thorn in the flesh. And so, yeah, I was able to be weak and find strength in the Lord. And you helped with that because you were safe for me and you weren't judging me. And I know that you respect me and that even when I'm vulnerable or I'm doubting myself or I'm feeling discouraged or frustrated with myself, whatever the, the feeling might be in a different situation, and I share that with you, you don't put me down for that. You accept me where I am. And it's just so helpful to me. It really lifts me up and strengthens me. Well, I'm so glad you received that, honey, because it's true. I do respect you and I do have genuine empathy and compassion for you. And it helps me to have compassion and empathy for myself when I see you, who I love and respect and admire so much, having emotions, even negative ones. And then I think, oh, okay, I'm not the only one. Hmm. Yeah, and that's why we love authors that do that for us, like Mm. Brennan Manning. We quoted him in our last Soul Talks and his Abba, I Belong to Prayer. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's just uh, such a great author. Henry Nouwen is like this too, but these authors that are just, Mm -hmm. they're so intimate with God and and spiritual and they they draw us to Jesus and help us to grow closer to the Lord. But as part of that, they're vulnerable, their fears and their doubts and their hurts and feeling rejected and confessing their sins and not embarrassed to to be honest about that. And it's so helpful because like the psalmist in the Bible Mm -hmm. or or Job, it articulates, well, yeah, I feel that way too. And so it helps us to uh, not be ashamed about that and have permission to be honest. Yeah. And Jesus, I mean, he expressed his negative emotions in scripture. We see that too. We see where he grieved, where he wept, where he was frustrated or angry. And I was thinking about that. Actually, in this context, as we're talking about collusion, sometimes it's negative and sometimes it's positive. And so we want to see the difference there. And so a great example of positive collusion is Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. And it's coming down to the end. He's about to go to the cross for us. And he's been talking to the disciples about this. Mm-hmm. And they're like really uh, troubled and distressed. And they don't understand what he's saying. They can't grasp that the Messiah is going to suffer and go to a cross. And they don't have Isaiah 53 in the category of that's the Messiah. And we have that. Mm-hmm. But for them, those two didn't go together. The Messiah wasn't a suffering servant. And so the Messiah was supposed to be the political, military conquering hero that's going to save Israel from its enemies, from mm-hmm. the Romans. They're just reeling with this. And, and then sometimes they're like elbowing each other out of the way. Well, I want to be first. I want to be number one in the coming kingdom. And because they're just, they're stressed and confused and reacting to all this. And so now it's getting real close to the end. And Jesus is telling him, you know, look, I'm going to the cross. I'm going to die. 
And so they're really heavy with this. And so he says, well, come to the Garden of Gethsemane. We're going to watch and pray together because temptation is coming. He's told Peter, he's going to, Peter, you're going to deny me. And Satan's asked to sift you as wheat, but I've prayed for you, Peter, that your faith won't fail. And so Peter, James, and John, you know, stay awake, stay alert and, and pray with me because trouble is coming. And, and they're just overwhelmed. So they just fall asleep. They can't handle the emotional heaviness mm-hmm. of the whole thing. But Jesus goes into deep, deep travail mm-hmm. and is crying so deeply. He's sweating drops of blood. And he's going to the cross in the garden before he actually goes to the cross. Mm-hmm. He's showing the disciples how to watch and pray. And in between falling asleep and waking up as Jesus goes back and forth, between Peter, James, and John, the three of them, they got enough of the story as to what was actually going on there, what Jesus was doing. And they realized, okay, he's doing this for us. He's carrying our sorrow. He's carrying our pain. And eventually they realize he's carrying our sin. Mm-hmm. He's going to the cross to die for us. And so I realized, you know, that's a kind of collusion there. That's Jesus carrying the emotions in his relationship with Peter and James and John and doing it in a loving and wise and good way. That's beautiful, honey. Thank you for sharing that. So that's a a positive collusion, and we've illustrated that some in our relationship. But we also referenced then, so earlier in our marriage, we had kind of a negative collusion there where you were carrying the emotion and the need, and I was like, you know, always needed to be strong and rational and helpful. And we were like stuck in that pattern. And it, and so I think it'd be helpful if we tease this out a little further, like, okay, so what made that negative, but why is it positive in these other examples? Yeah. Well, well I'm thinking of another time where it went differently between us, where uh, we had taken our first son, our oldest son, David, and we had moved him into Westmont. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was at college three hours away from home and it was a big letting go. You know, here I, from birth, before birth, I'd daily been nurturing him and, you know, caring for him and interacting with him and very aware and attuned to his life and was going on. And then all of a sudden, it, you know, two weeks and I hadn't heard from him. I had no idea what was going on in his life. I didn't know if he was miserable or happy or if it was a good fit or not. You know, it was just, it was such a sudden goodbye and cut off. And I didn't know if he'd ever call or text or hear from him, but I was trying to give him space and I didn't want to be intrusive. And I remember going in his room for something and then coming back and sitting on the floor and saying, you know, why am I still grieving? And I remember you said, well, maybe it would help you if I had some emotion about this. Maybe it would help you if I shed some tears over this. And so that was an example where I was doing all the grieving. I didn't see you. You didn't show any of the grief. And mm-hmm. so that was an example where, yeah, you were starting to wake up and realize that and think, oh, yeah, you know what? She's carrying all the grief here. You it were was, feeling the weight of that and feeling alone with it. Mm-hmm. And like I was bad like for mm-hmm. feeling it because you weren't feeling it. Like what's mm-hmm. wrong with me? Mm-hmm. Even though I was concerned for you and listening mm-hmm. and caring, you, yeah. you still felt a certain aloneness there mm-hmm. because you wanted to see that I was feeling the, the sadness also. Yeah. So then this last weekend, and you're expressing all this emotion that I'm very aware of, and I'm thinking, oh, okay, yeah, this is real. This matters. This, it's like you're honoring and validating the reality of our suffering, our experience mm-hmm. in this. Yeah, so a positive, helpful collusion is when it's conscious uh, between two people what's going on there, and there's a reciprocity and mutuality to it. But an unhealthy collusion is it's like not conscious, it's a 
dynamic or pattern that's going on in the relationship and there's dysfunction in it. So early in our marriage, you being needy and insecure, emotional enabled me to stay in my head and be strong all the time. Mm -hmm. Me being supposedly strong, that's not real strength, right? (laughs) Right. But me playing that role Uh without even thinking I'm playing a role, it's just, Mm -hmm. I'm just, this is all I know to do. That's now enabling you to be the one who can fall apart or, Mm -hmm. you know, get upset Mm -hmm. and and have reactions. Mm -hmm. And so we're both getting stuck in those roles. Yeah. In in roles that are dysfunctional and unhealthy. Mm -hmm. Even unconsciously. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was operating. And I think that as we've grown into balance in this area, where, you know, you're carrying some of the motion now and freeing me up in that area, it's really increased our intimacy. Often we'll, communicate about how, wow, it's really nice to journey with you in this, to share this experience that we're both feeling emotions with. And this helps us live the with God life Mm -hmm. as we live with each other and Mm -hmm. growing closer and sharing life, sharing our emotions and sharing our prayers and our hopes. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wonder uh, maybe in closing this uh, Soul Talks, I wonder if you might pray for the women who are listening, and then I'll pray for the men who are listening. Great. Jesus, thank you for your love and compassion for us, and that you do not shame us for our emotions. You made us such that we feel, and that means we're alive. And I do pray, Lord, that you would help the women in this community of Soul Talks to take heart to be able to talk to their husbands about this, to talk to their friends about this, and to explore what it would be like to share in the emotions and the expression of that, and that you would draw them into a greater intimacy and experience of you and your emotions, your journey with them and their pain and their fears, and you're feeling some of that and carrying some of that with them too. Father God, I pray for the men listening, some of them are stuck in their heads as I've been in my history. And they're just always thinking things through, analytical and uh, staying strong and and calm seemingly all the time and needing help to get in touch with their emotions and to be more vulnerable and to know that that is not unmanly, but it's actually true strength to uh, be able to be weak without shame and to express a need, to express tender, soft places from our heart and other men who are listening who, who they actually are more emotional they're more sensitive they feel things very deeply and they maybe cry more easily and maybe sometimes when they're listening to male female talks they identify more with the stereotypical female because they're right there with with their emotions and their sense of wanting more closeness and i pray lord that they would have a great sense of dignity and realize the the strength of character that is required to uh, express emotion and uh, that she would bless them. Bless all of our listeners, Lord, in their relationships, in their marriage, in their friendships, or family relationships, Lord. Help us, Lord, learn how to be more honest and to not fall into uh, patterns of collusion that are unconscious and dysfunctional, but to learn how to move towards each other and help one another to uh, carry the emotions that are, are part of life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, friends, we hope you've enjoyed this edition of Soul Talks with Bill and Christy Galtier. 
we invite you to our website, soulshepherding.org, where you'll find over 700 free resources, including these Soul Talks. You also can find our newly published book, Your Best Life in Jesus' Easy Yoke. Until next time, let's continue our conversation with Christ.